Welcome to the In Other News podcast at dailynewscollective.com. It is January 4th, 2023. Sorry, I got this one on a little bit late. I'm trying to do five a week, trying to get them at a set time, but uh, it's been difficult, but I'm going to keep working at it and eventually it will happen. The dailynewscollective.com is my website, is the poor man's drudge report, and it provides breaking news and the news from actual sources and research and statistics the establishment narrative doesn't want the average citizen to devour. Speaking of establishment narratives, the narrative surrounding the 20 or so holdouts refusing to vote McCarthyan as Speaker of the House is becoming increasingly more intense. Get another scalp and another scalp, whether it's whether it's Boehner or Paul Ryan or then McCarthy, Scalise would just be next and we all know it. We just can't allow that to happen. That's why those of us are saying, like, look, you pushed us into this corner, so now we're now we're saying we won't vote for anyone but McCarthy. That's why we're saying it, because we cannot let the terrorists win. That, that's basically what's happened. Apparently, Dan Crenshaw is clawing to be the chair on the Department of Homeland Security, and on top of what we've seen from him already is openly stabbing Liberty in the back. Word on the street is that most Americans despise Crenshaw and hope someone pokes him in his other eye. If people realize the gravity of this fleeting opportunity, this exit ramp that we have to put someone in as Speaker of the House other than McCarthy, to plug a hole in this dike that will eventually burst, flooding America with a totalitarianism the world has never seen, they would beg their congressmen Republican, Independent, Democrat, or otherwise, to vote for that potential candidate. The Speaker of the House is a soiled, disgusting chair. Former Speaker of the House Dennis Astert, convicted child molester. Former Speaker of the House Tom DeLay, indicted on criminal charges of conspiracy to violate election law and campaign money laundering. Paul Ryan and John Boehner, both lobbyist sycophants showering Congress with donations, while Nancy Pelosi, whose father aided the Baltimore Mafia, made millions off the stock market with shady insider deals along with her husband. In fact, most people enter Congress as relative paupers and leave as multimillionaires, if you haven't noticed. They're all protecting the real government, the unelected corporatocracy that does whatever the hell it wants. And how deep does the money pit go? Well, it has many layers, but a couple of examples. On the Democrat side, we know Bankman Freed put $40 million into political donations, which don't seem to be going back to the people that lost their money to his scam. And then on the Republican side, well, I know you call me a crazy conspiracy theorist, but You'll be dialing your congressman as fast as you can after I tell you this. Many people look at Building 7 and the anomalies of the World Trade Center on 9-11 as the inside job. They, they don't know where to link everything, but there's an aspect of 9-11 that completely goes unnoticed. The gold in the bottom of the building, the insider trading, the level of puts and calls that were made before it all happened, and the massive insurance fraud by one Larry Silverstein. If you want to look at what really happened, why people really think that 9-11 was an inside job, then you look at that. And those are the same people that are running our government, that are installing someone like Boehner or Ryan or Tom DeLay or Dennis Hastert or McCarthy. So if we want all this to stop, if you want to get to the bottom of the Biden pay-to-play treason, the Bankman freed funneling of a fireman's life savings to mad dog Maxine Waters. 
Silicon Valley and the FBI's massive interference in our elections, the truth behind and security of those elections, and the investigation into Fauci's Nuremberg trial-level Big Pharma genocide, if you want the rampant globalist-directed Marxism to end, then we would all loudly support what those 20 congresspeople are doing, Mark Levin, because it's business as usual once that seat of hypocrisy is filled again with yet another puppet of corruption. And this corruption has an agenda, an agenda you can go read anytime you want on the World Economic Forum and the United Nations website, and they're getting closer to its completion. Our republic is so rotten it no longer correctly operates. It no longer functions. It's broken. It serves only those connected in some way, shape, or form to the Senate majority and the House Speaker, mirrored by the same self-serving, talentless hack personalities that represent our culture and our music and our films. And it's coming after all of us. Just wait until the IRS starts gaining on the Department of Defense as the largest employer in the federal government. This ain't your great-grandpa's country anymore, son. Unless your great-grandpa was born after 1913. 1913? I'll let you figure that one out. I'm sure most of you know exactly what I'm talking about. I'm quite over the speaker. Excuse me. I, uh, that's not my problem. I just think it's a little embarrassing it's taking so long in the way they're doing with one another. Of course, Biden would use the House Speaker debacle opportunity to claim that it's a little embarrassing that the House hasn't chosen a Speaker. You know what's a little embarrassing? Is when the President of the United States can't be invited back to the Vatican because he sharked his pants the last time he was there. That's embarrassing. That should be the topic on the lips of all the pigs on the mainstream media. And in other news, the Gateway Pundit reported that Archbishop Vigano has called on the faithful to fast for three days for the January 6th political prisoners. Uh, today is the 4th, so you've got the rest of the night. Sorry, I got this to you late. And all of tomorrow. You can fast tomorrow, entering into the 6th on Friday in honor of of the January 6th political prisoners. As the Gateway Pundit reports, these Americans were hoping that Vice President Pence would send back the election results of the states where two sets of delegates were provided to the U.S. Congress. President Trump gave a speech and Pence decided to proceed with certifying the uncertifiable results. There's a report from the Western Journal. Uh, apparently, I don't know how far this is gonna go, but it's titled, Everybody missed it. Bombshell Huckabee announcement. SCOTUS case could flip 2020. Boot Biden and Harris. I know it's a big time long shot, but what the Western Journal writes is that former Arkansas governor and Republican presidential candidate Mike Huckabee published a piece recently calling attention to the case Brunson versus Adams set to be heard before the U.S. Supreme Court this week. What the plaintiff appellant Roland Brunson of Ogden, Utah, and his three brothers seek is nothing less than the removal of President Joe Biden and Vice President Kamala Harris from office, arguing members of Congress failed to fulfill their constitutional duty on January 6, 2021 by not reviewing allegations of fraud in the 2020 presidential election. Huckabee says the Supreme Court has agreed to a hearing for a case that could conceivably, please consider this the longest of long shots, overturn the election of 2020, throw out all the legislators who voted to certify the results, and leave them ineligible to run for office ever again, even for town dog catcher, he explained. Yeah, hell is definitely going to freeze over before that happens, but it's nice to hear.
What's not nice to hear is uh, how the wife of January 6th political prisoner spoke out after he's been repeatedly beaten and blinded in one eye by prison guards, and the only people he can turn to is you and me because no one's going to help him in the government or in the mainstream media. Gateway Pundit reported that in early December, U.S. political prisoner Ryan Samsell called the Gateway Pundit to tell, tell them that he had lost his phone privileges for six months. He said the prison staff was outraged that the Gateway Pundit exposed his horribly abusive story to the American public. He's been in jail for nearly two years, hasn't even had his case tried. He's been severely beaten, hogtied, abused, drugged, tied to a chair for 12 hours, and denied medical treatment for his injuries and his precancerous growths. This horror is happening to a lot of people that are imprisoned for merely taking the bait and being anywhere near the Capitol when all that went down. And will we ever get to the bottom of the election fraud? As the Gateway Pundit has a post by Jefferson Davis about Wisconsin Republican Assembly Speaker Robin Voss has been accused of suppressing election fraud evidence from the 2020 presidential election. The 2020 Wisconsin presidential election was allegedly decided by just 20,682 votes, with President Trump leading by some 110,000 votes at midnight, with all precincts having reported the results. Then at 3.26 a.m., a massive vote dump from a supposed missing flash drive on Wednesday, November 4th of some 170,000 votes by the City of Milwaukee Elections Director Claire Woodall Vogg showed President Trump's lead having completely evaporated in an 18-minute time period. And in the 2022 elections, 4,849 uncounted provisional ballots remain in Maricopa County, where over 50% of polling locations experience printer and tabulator failures. Gateway Pundit reports that Abe Hamada is raising concerns about nearly 5,000 uncounted provisional ballots. Abe's race against radical leftist Chris Mays was initially called by just 511 out of over 2.5 million votes, but then a miscount of votes in Pinal County discovered hundreds of new votes for Hamada. Hamada, Hamada, Hamada. <laughs> Maricopa County Superior Court Judge Timothy Thomason announced Mays won on Thursday afternoon during a hearing, and Abe Hamada filed a motion for a new trial in the Mojave County Superior Court on Tuesday. He's asking them to do a full recount. Meanwhile, an FBI agent is going to get probation on Thursday for destroying evidence in an Arkansas political trial. In Fayetteville, Arkansas, former FBI agent Robert Cesario will finalize a plea agreement to a federal felony with his former employer, who is now prosecuting him, the Department of Justice, in which he will receive an incredibly lenient one year of probation for destroying evidence in a political trial involving former pro-Trump Arkansas State Senator John Woods. That from the Gateway Pundit. The Post Millennial is reporting on a Matt Taibbi Twitter post, one of many that we will be digging through here over the coming weeks. Matt Taibbi shared the ask from Schiff's office sent to Twitter, which said that Schiff's office claimed there, that there had been harassment from QAnon conspiracists against a Schiff staffer. Schiff had asked to remove any and all content about a Mr. Misko and other committee staff from its service to include quotes, retweets, and reactions to that content. Twitter said, no, we can't do this. We don't do this. He wanted them to suspend the many accounts, including at Greg Rubini and Paul Sperry, which have repeatedly promoted false QAnon conspiracies and harassed this staff member. 
And I said, oh, we'll, we'll review that again, but we don't think we can actually do that. Well, he wants you to suppress any and all search results about the staff member and other committee staff. Twitter said, no, we, we don't do that. If it is related to QAnon, it should already be de-amplified. Stop the spread of future misinformation on Twitter about committee staff who are not public figures and who are not, not central actors in the impeachment inquiry or the 2020 presidential election. And they're like, nope, we, we don't do this. So Schiff, total tyrannical shill. The American Wire is reporting that Hillary Clinton also appears in these new Twitter files, exposing her role in fomenting the Russian witch hunt. In the first two Twitter files... Dropped Tuesday, journalist Matt Taibbi laid out the path by former Secretary of State Hillary Clinton. As a report explained in August 2017, Facebook had suspended some 300 accounts of suspected Russian origin, which had former Twitter public policy vice president Colin Crowell advising internally to keep the spotlight on the other platform while they had found a paltry 22 possible Russian accounts to suspend. However, those results were unsatisfactory to the narrative, and Senator Mark Warner, ranking Democrat on the Senate Intelligence Committee, who held a press conference contending the report was frankly inadequate on entry level. The following day, Crowell wrote to Twitter's then-CEO, co-founder Jack Dorsey, and spoke of the closed-door meeting with members of the Intelligence Committees that highlights Warner's political incentive to keep this issue at the top of the news, as a hearing was set in just over a month and that Democrats... We're also taking cues from Hillary Clinton, who in her What Happened book tour is pointedly talking about the role of Russian propaganda and dirty tricks that were pushed through social media that led to her demise. She led to her demise. And on the eve of the Fauci files, we're learning that healthcare workers are crying foul on the FDA claiming it didn't prohibit ivermectin for COVID-19. This from Tyler Durden over at Zero Hedge, who says that Dr. Yusuf Salabi has practiced medicine for more than 30 years. He serves patients in South Carolina until recently had never faced an investigation from his state medical board. But after he started prescribing ivermectin to his patients, he was reported to the board, which opened an investigation despite the state's attorney general's promise that his office would prosecute doctors who prescribed off-label medications. Jennifer Wright, a nurse practitioner and clinical director who practices in Florida, but can prescribe across state lines, told the Epic Times she received a letter from the Office of the Attorney General of New York ordering her not to prescribe ivermectin, saying they would fine her $5,000 per violation. And Kellen McBreen over at InfoWars writes that massive Pfizer files, the thread exposing big pharma corruption, has gone viral. Journalist Kanakoa the Great posted an epic thread on Twitter Tuesday exposing the corrupt pharmaceutical company Pfizer as an untrustworthy and dangerous corporation. The independent journalist began the post by writing, Pfizer has habitually engaged in illegal and corrupt marketing practices, bribed physicians, and suppressed adverse trial results. This is no secret. Yet, this fact continues to be brushed under the rug by politicians and the media. That's what got me out of bed this morning. Providing proof of the accusations, Kanakoa started with links showing Pfizer paid $200 million in a 1994 settlement suit and that the company was responsible for the deaths of 11 Nigerian children who took part in an experimental drug test. 
In another story related to experimenting on Nigerians, Pfizer was accused of using children as guinea pigs and violating the Nuremberg Code, but that case was dismissed. Eventually, the Nigerian government got involved and sued Pfizer for $7 billion for carrying out illegal trials that killed or disabled Nigerian children. That lawsuit was dropped, but only after the Nigerian attorney general was allegedly blackmailed by hired goons of the pharma giant. WikiLeaks files show the company hired private investigators to dig up dirt on the attorney general to be used in the blackmail plot. And if things were crazy enough for you already, as Zero Hedge reports, Putin is now sending warships armed with hypersonic missiles to the Atlantic and Indian Oceans. Putin on Wednesday ordered a warship armed with a new hypersonic Zircon cruise missile to be deployed on a mission to the Atlantic and Indian Oceans in what could be a message and warning aimed at the West against escalating in Ukraine. The deployment of the frigate appears intended to make maximum possible public impact given the announcement was made by Putin himself in a televised conference call with his defense minister, Sergei Shogu. Meanwhile, the Kremlin has repeatedly warned the West not to get more deeply involved in the Ukraine. At a moment, the U.S. administration has authorized Patriot anti-air defenses to be transferred to Kiev. However, Washington has sought to claim that no American troops will be manning the Patriot batteries, but that it will take some time at least six or more months for Ukrainian personnel to be trained on the Patriots' operation. We already know that there are American troops in the Ukraine. Well, that's going to do it for tonight's In Other News podcast for January the 4th, 2023. You can find me at dailynewscollective.com. You can find me at Newsbound on Twitter. You can find these reports at John Bound Politics on YouTube. And I'm going to be starting a new Rumble channel very shortly. Please get in touch with me over there at Newsbound on Twitter or John Bound Politics on Twitter. Love to hear from you. Any suggestions, anything you'd like to hear, anything to add to the show. I'm all ears. So for January 4th, 2023, this has been In Other News from DailyNewsCollective.com. I'm John Bound. Good night, America, wherever you are.